Welcome to another edition of Superman's Other Pals, a podcast where I, Gary Rowland, go through the Silver Age comic Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen with my daughter, Ella Plum Rowland, and together we tell you what it's all about. No. Well, not everything, everything, of course, but like, you know, we tell you what the issue's all about. Yes. We discuss the stories, we talk about all kinds of stuff. Yes, we do, in fact, do all of those things. Like Maybe who some of the artists are, some of the historical context. I might bother about some of the costumes, not costumes, but like... The drawings of some of the... What they're wearing. Of some of the outfits, as the Canadians would say. Why? Why do you have to... that? Okay. But yes. Nothing wrong with saying outfits. It's going to bother me. Alright, I won't say it anymore. I probably won't. Because, you know, also, not every Canadian goes out. Yeah, I know. Uh, okay. So, we're back. We are both back. I am back from the East Coast. So is my daughter. My daughter has started school. Boo! Uh, she is a little tired because, you know, as you know... She is more than a little tired. As you all know... Caffeine has not kicked in. Teens are just constantly tired. Okay, no, you're saying that sarcastically. No, I'm not, really. But Every it's time... not false. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. Basically, a lot of times whenever you ask teens, hey, what's going on? They, like, one of the first things many of them say is, man, I'm just so tired. Yeah, because like, we are. It's like they all have fibromyalgia or something. Because we have five hours of freaking homework every night. What? Am I going to have to go through an um, in-my-day speech? No. All right. Because the standards at today's high schools are different than the standards of high schools in your day. Right. Mine were far more rigorous. Were they? Actually, yeah, they kind of were. The sports teams did not leave until 6 or 7 o'clock. Yeah, they don't do that at my school either. Basically, they go from school to sports. Yeah, that's what happens. And they stay at sports until like 7. Yeah. When I was doing... I was doing, of course, because I was not a sports person. I was a musical person. Big surprise. And musical practice did not go... Went until like 11 o'clock sometime. Yeah, I've got... Like, I've got friends who are in like musical or the dance program who are in the musical. Who are practices... And are at school for a total of something almost 18 hours. Right. Yeah. Like, so, like, is a lot, is a lot. Yeah. Plus, also, we had, uh, um, you know what? Fine. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, and I don't know if our listeners know this. It's different now than when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. We so, have computers. Right. And, you know, I know that all these children today are soft, but, um, it's fine. <laughs> You're not really soft. Anyway, somehow, I feel as though we've gotten off track. So, we will just get right to it, kind of, like uh, we generally do after we do our first little bit of tangent. This is for October of 1960, issue number 48 of Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen. Now, we start, as we always start, with the cover. It says, Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen. We see Jimmy. He is sitting at a chair. It's sitting at his desk. Well, I'm trying to do the big reveal. All right, so he's sitting at his desk. He's sitting at his desk. You can tell it's his desk because it's that desk color of 1950s stuff. He's in a wheeled office chair. Desk color of 1950s If you ever look at at desks in the 1950s, like a lot of them, like especially in offices like the, the ones at the Daily Planet, they are steel. They look like they weigh about 14 tons. Yeah, they're like teacher's desks. 
and they're usually made of a like a an enameled steel and the color is almost always gray like teacher's desk right so that's why i say it is that gray desk of desks in the 50s so and there's also a typewriter on it but he's being tied up he's tied up by many 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 tiny supermans there is a total of three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 total of 15 very small lilliputian supermen Yes, like in the in the uh, movie book. story book Gulliver's Travels. Gulliver's Travels by Thomas Swift. Tom Jonathan Swift. Yeah. Okay, and uh, super and so Jimmy Olsen is thinking a flock of tiny supermen. Where did they come from, and why are they using their superpowers to make me their prisoner? A flock. A flock of supermen. It just sounds well, so weird. What would be their collective pronoun? Like you know, like a murder of crows. Pod of dolphins, a pride of lions, an amalgam of metallurgists. A Justice League of Supermen's. No. It would be a League of Superheroes, a perhaps. A League of Supermen. I don't know. What What would they... Anyway, so... I don't think it would be Flock, because that no. just sounds weird. Well, you know, but just Flock is one of those generic terms. Well, you know, they they do fly, much like bird. Pack. Group. Group. I don't know. That, let's go with group. All right. So then in the, the inset panel title, it says, Sensational! The Mystery of the Tiny Superman. Then we move to the inside cover where uh, it's been a little while, but we see... Art scholarship. That's right. It is now worth $495 instead of $300. Right. And you have to draw three people instead of one. From the Art Institute in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I wonder if they're still around. They have to be. Probably. I bet they're online or something. Anyway, so uh, it is, there are three people. One is a child who's wearing a tie. The other is a firefighter. Firefighter. They're not just men. They're also female firefighters. Doesn't matter. You should say firefighters. Okay. And then a uh, a woman with a stripy collar. And I'm sure that you all know the way that this works. You draw the thing, you send it in, and they tell you how wonderful they are. And they give you a scholarship. And you then become a commercial artist who can make up to $150 a week. I wonder what that would be in today money. Um, that would be thirty-five thousand dollars a week. It'd be less than thirty-five. No, but commercial artists actually do make a decent amount of money. I like graphic design. Now, now it's like graphic designers and you know all all manner of people who do art. Yay, art! Of which many many if you many listen to podcasts. Did you know that many people art it? A, a very popular demographic of podcast listeners is graphic artists. Oh. It's true, they are. I think so. I mean, it's not surprising. If there are any graphic artists out there, I don't know, let us know. Sure. We're still off track. Right. Anyway, so go, and they have three coupons here, so not only can you do it, but also you're supposed to get your friends all together so that you can all be artists together, you know, like artists like they were, you know, like Monet and Picasso. They knew each other. They were bitter rivals. Yeah, they were, I was about to say, like, they weren't best friends. No. They were friends, like, they were kind of friends, but not friends. And they were. they got mad at each other. You know, they were. stayed mad at each other. um, They were what is sometimes referred to as frenemy. 
don't use that racist. You know, I know a lot of people say that we live in an age of the golden age of television. But what people don't say is that we actually, we, we also live in the golden age of clumsy portmanteaus. People are constant. Do you know what a portmanteau is? No. Like the word chillax. Oh, just randomly Frankensteining together two words? Right. That is called a portmanteau. And people love to do them, as well you know. You know, I know that you're you're with the kids and the kids are all out there. Saying. Making portmanteaus. Saying. I don't know. Saying like chillax, ginormous, um, (laughs) That's not. I don't know if you know this, but I have a lot of people have called me a brilliant improviser. Uh... So, you know, once again, uh, a teenage daughter will always love to point out her father's foibles and problem. <laughs> what was the first word you used? Problems. No, before that. Foibles? Yeah, that. Foibles. What's that mean? Flaws. Look it up in your funkin' wagnalls. <laughs> I'm sorry, I what? Your funkin' waggles. <laughs> and what the hell is that? So I don't know if you know this, but in a time before there was the internet, there were dictionaries. Hey, Dad. What? I use an actual physical dictionary on a regular basis. I own a dictionary. You've seen this dictionary. I know what a dictionary is. Well, bully for you. But anyway, you know, and I know that like Webster's, Merriam-Webster and Oxford English gets all the, they get all the press, but one of the companies, one of the, no. One of the companies that made dictionaries was a company called Funkin' Wagnalls. See, why doesn't that get more press? That's a great name. I know. But, so, and I think maybe it was laughing that would then say, hey, why don't you go look it up in your Funkin' Wagnalls? Because, you know, it vaguely sounds like a curse. It really does. Yeah, I know. All right, so. So uh, we're still off topic. Do you want to read the first one? Or do you want to? Uh, sure. All right. It involves summer camps, and I know about summer camps. It's true. Are you ready? She's drinking a glass of water. She's rolling her eyes at me. Oh, once again, uh, I want to thank my brother Mike for being here last week. Thank you. I hope you guys liked him. I like him. He's my brother. He's not heavy. Well, actually, he could could stand to lose a few pounds. Really? (laughs) Anyway. On the podcast. (laughs) He knows. All right, so... You can't not know. I can also stand to lose a few pounds. Uh, we're not going to get into the incident between me and my mom. Uh, so <laughs> she's laughing because she was, was funny. she was there. Okay, so she's reading. Here she's Ella Bum rolling. Like really? Okay. <laughs> The coming of summer means the start of another camp season for thousands of youths all over the USA. But one day, a new, unique camp is founded by Superman, a camp to which only America's most talented boys, handpicked by the Man of Steel for their outstanding achievements, are admitted free. And who turns up as counselor at Camp Superman? None other than cub reporter Jimmy Olsen, who finds himself at wit's end in trying to tell the story of Camp Superman. So, in the panel, and so we have the panel, and in the foreground we see Superman folding his arms, looking paternal. And next to him is Jimmy Olsen, who's in his classic counselor gear of like a a sweatshirt with the camp name on it with a whistle around his, his neck. 
And he says, what am I going to do, Superman? Each boy has a special talent that made him, that made you select him to spend a free summer here. I can only write about one of them. Which boy should I pick? And Superman says, that's "That's your your problem, problem, Jimmy. And then in the background, we see all these people there, like kids diving and canoeing and throwing baseballs and, and reading books rocket. and launching rockets and lifting weights. That's a, That looks like a very heavy weight. It is. It's supposed to be. Well, these are kids who are sort of at the best of their game, so they have to be. All right. So much like, as stated by, you know, Ella Plum Rowland. Yep. There's a camp. The camp is called Camp Superman. And Jimmy Olsen is going to be a counselor at this camp so that he can write about one of these kids at the end of the week. Right. For his report or whatever. And he has, and, and so you find out that the camp is a hundred acres and it was created for the enjoyment of the most talented boys in America. Remember, boys. I'm grumpy about this. As well you should be. Well, you know, it, only boys mattered at this point. I know, look. I will say all of the summer camps that I've ever gone to are either all girls or, for one reason or another, like, three quarters girls. Right, yeah, definitely. I know, you know, I know because Especially I'm the, the one... boy camps. I've, I'm the one who's been taking you to these camps, yeah. and I... So it is um, kind of flipped a little bit, at yes. least with well, they're, how yeah. I am with it. They are mostly women. They are a majority women. Like, I don't know, but at this point, this is an all-boy camp. Because I don't know, they want to like have any hanky panky going on. The girls and the boys might hold hands or something, or stand within five feet of each other. Right, or maybe even like dance. The so horror. the other thing about is the gate of the camp is Superman standing, Colossus Why of Rhodes like. Superman needs so many statues. Of I gotta himself. say that there is a problem there. This is like this is becoming just like like there's a lighthouse. He just wants all the monuments. And I, I don't know if it's like they make it to like he's almost a, like a dictator, like a like a mal like a communist dictator, with the amount of imagery and icon and uh, you know iconography iconography. That's the word. Saying talking about how great and wonderful Superman is. So it's almost like religious at this point. Jimmy Olsen shows up, and all of the people they're all happy to see him. And you know, there's a kid who's a Swimming champion and, and a, a baseball champion. a baseball champion and a chess champion and a weightlifting champion and a science and champion. a rocket model won a science contest champion and then there's a kid whose father publishes books right which is we you know we don't know what he's good at he just basically says I have a famous father <laughs> you don't really you know yeah you don't really know what he's good at shut it Aaron Burr and uh, he's just like I've got a famous father. And that's it. Uh, yeah, I don't... Yeah, they just say... Not that he's, like, the youngest author... Right. In, exactly. Like, like he didn't write or something. He didn't write a book. He's not the youngest published author. He's not the vice president of this company. He's not the son of the richest man in the world. Just the son of a book publisher. That's all he is. I'm gonna guess that Superman... I don't know, that's maybe... reason. You know, maybe the kid's father had all the land. Because that would be the, that's the question that I have is like, okay, so there is this hundred acre camp that's established by Superman. Where, where did he get the land? City gave it to him. They don't really establish that at all. At, yeah. I don't know. At this point, they just kind of give him what he asks for. Right. Because, you they're know. They're afraid of him turning on them. Exactly. And melting their planet. Exactly. Yes. When you, when you're facing a guy who could basically melt your face off, 
Uh, yeah, you don't want to, even if the guy is the nicest guy in the world. You don't want to cross him. You, you, you're just like, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure that they're happy to give them, give him the land. It's just that in the back of his mind, everybody's just like, oh, if this guy ever snaps. We're um, all screwed. Right. Basically, we're all screwed. And so we're still off track. So Jimmy Olsen coming in, he's the head counselor because he's Jimmy Olsen. And. Tells the kids to call him Uncle Jimmy? Yes. What? A deeply... The hell? A, you know... No. Looking at no. it with the with the lens of the modern day... He is um, maybe a year older than these kids. That's true. Maybe. That's like my camp counselors asking me to call them aunt whatever their name is. Like, they're a year and a half older than I am. Well, you know, and then, of course, they're looking at it through the lens of the modern time. Oh, yeah, I know. Being super kind of creepy. Yeah, I know. But, you know, but this is actually something, you know, in uh, in Asian culture. I know. In East Asian culture, like, they that you call, like, sort of the people who aren't your parents, but help you out a lot. You call them uncle. Yep. Um, then there's also the Dutch uncle, somebody who just sort of shows you the rope. Okay. Referred to as a Dutch uncle. Well, either way, he's neither of these things. And this is right. a really strange and, uh, and like, weird request. It is. It is. But, you know, I guess, anyway... So he's like, all right, I got to write a, you know, I got to write a story about this. And so Jimmy goes to the rich kid and just says, you know, hey, watch me work. And maybe someday you'll become a star reporter. And so everything is established. thinking, I'll do that regardless of whether or not I watch you work because my dad owns the publishing company. Right. Like, who's going to deny me? Uh, So Superman establishes everything and then says, I'm off for outer space. I'll see you all. Some camp director he is. Well, he's just like, he's just the brains. He just offers his face. He's a figurehead. He's an awful camp director is what he is. Right. Well, you know, he's not a, he's not really the camp director. He should be. He organized this. And now. He chose all the people. So he should be like. So he has left this camp full of boys led by Jimmy Olsen. So a guy who is. Now, everyone who thinks this is a good idea, raise their hand. No? Um, no one? Wait, okay. Wait, uh, because this is an audio medium and we can't actually see and we're being recorded and we can't actually see who's raising their hands, I'm going to assume that just nobody's raised their hands. No one? Okay. But, and let's just what say, I've read this book, doesn't end well. All right, everybody, Lord of the Flies, <laughs> let's go. Right. Um, okay, so you, you find out, so the, you know, they go and they do stuff. And the first thing they encounter is, is a, bear. a bear. It attacks them. Jimmy, what are you doing? So, uh, Jimmy, being the star counselor, yes, and he takes them on a hike, and they encounter a bear, and then... Thank God for the baseball guy. Right, the baseball guy takes a... Rock. Rock, and knocks the bear, and stuns the bear long enough for them to get out. Well, now you've got a mad bear. Right, but the thing is just, like, the the bear is unconscious, and so they run away. Yes. And then the bear will, like, wake up and be like, I wait. What? Wait, I don't, I gotta go. Uh, wait, I'm hungry. I gotta go get something to eat. So, and, and then, then there's, and then, you know, he's Jimmy. He's in a kayak war against another counselor. And then he gets knocked out. And, and then knocked into the water. Right, to the point. And they rescue him and, then and they, give him CPR. And give him CPR. Actually, I think they say, I think they say mouth to mouth. No. Yeah, given artificial respiration. That is means mouth-to-mouth, mouth. yes. Yeah. Which, you know, this is in a time, I think, before really CPR was much of a thing. Okay. That's when people would say mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, and then everybody always thought of it as kissing. Yep. Um, that still hasn't gone away. <laughs> right. So, and then, 
then a kid chokes on his bubble gum. And no, no, then... no. Not just his bubble gum. He stuck his bubble gum on a steel marble and then put it back in his mouth and choked on the steel marble. These are the best and brightest. And another kid gets it out with a magnet. Now, I have a question. Sure. Aren't there issues with trying to move something through the human body with a magnet? Well, just his mouth. Okay. You know, it's not like it's like, in, it's I not remember, like it's in his intestines. I remember when I was little, there was like this magnetic toy that mm-hmm. got recalled. Right. I remember that. That was the dog that pooped little magnets. It was the Barbie doll. Right. Dog. Barbie doll dog who pooped little magnets. And then they, they got, they, they took, it was a recall because they were afraid that people were going to swallow the magnets. Apparently kids started eating them. Right. And like it tore through. Not fun. So through all this, Jimmy is working. Right. And so, Jimmy, you know. Jimmy, you are a terrible counselor. Luckily, since nobody is paying attention, no one knows exactly how bad Jimmy is being <laughs> at the, at being a camp counselor. I mean, I don't know. You, you were at a sleepaway camp. Yeah. How many bears attacked you? I mean, there aren't any bears on the island. Um, it was... And there are foxes. How many... And there are ravens. And there are buffalo, but not where we are. And how many people needed... How many people wrapped their gum around a steel marble and put it not, in their mouth? Uh, no one. Almost none, I'm sure. No one. And then... There aren't and any then steel marbles. Extracted it with a giant magnet. Just so weird. So... Is there no med hut either? No, apparently not. So, uh, Jimmy... Is, you know, so he basically realizes that he is way out of his depth. That, like, all these people have all these other cool things yeah, going on. He realizes that he's an idiot. And he's got nothing. But the only thing he does have, he's got stories. Stories about Superman. And at this point, really, I think at any point in time, kids talking, you know, kids want to hear about Superman. But it seems like every time he starts a story, this book publisher rich kid finishes the story for him. And so. Okay. Uh, so they actually go through some, they go through some stories that have actually been recapped. Like the first one was when Superman, when Jimmy Olsen took the role of Superboy. Yeah. And. Like, go ahead. Okay, I get it. You know the story. It's still rude to interrupt the figure of authority and try to tell his actual personal story for him. Well, yes. They're teenage boys. They should know better. Right. But the thing is, like, you know, he's a rich kid. He's used to he's used to getting his way and being rude. It seems like that kid's rude because, you know, instead of saying what I'm great at, he's just like, my dad's rich. He's a publisher. Suck it. Right. I wasn't going to say that, but I'm glad that you did. All right. So uh, so the, the, the one where he was Superman's where he played to be Superboy in Smallville. And then he was, then the time he rescued the prince. And like, again, he starts to tell the story about the exploding and tennis stupid ball. Rich kid. And stupid rich kid screws it up. And so he is starting to get really, he's Not like. Not only confused, but like angry. Right. So Jimmy's like, I don't know. Am I talking in my sleep again? Right. So, so he tapes his mouth shut. He tapes his mouth shut. This is a bad idea. Uh, so he's like, I don't, like, I have to tell, like, a story that, like, nobody knows. So he starts to tell this score story, and once again, kid finishes it. And at some point, he's like, hey, kid, is the reason you were chosen because you're a freaking telepath? And the kid was like, no. Well, they don't call him a telepath. They do call him a man- mind reader. But, um, yes. And, you know, also, just remember, like, at this point, there are superheroes. 
that are telepathic. And some of the superheroes are telepathic, so it's not out of the question. It's not out of the question that there are some people who are telepathic. But no, you know, so he decides, of course, that what what he needs to do is he needs to start wearing a lead, a lead plate in his head. Uh so, which might as well be a tinfoil hat. How in the hell has Jimmy Olsen, one, not died, right? two, ever gotten a job, three, ever been trusted with protecting teenage boys? I don't, I don't know. This is a, a time before... Especially with no... We haven't seen any actual adults. No, basically... The entire time. He is basically... So Jimmy Olsen is... is the adult? He is the adult. This is stupid. And Superman, you know... They're all gonna die. He's off in space. So the thing is, what you find out is that the reason why he knows all this stuff is that his dad publishes a book... That Superman wrote about his adventures with with Jimmy Jimmy Olsen. Olsen. And that's why stupid rich kid got chosen to go to talented kid camp. Right, because... because Superman owed his dad a favor. Right. So, you know, also, they don't really talk about how much... Jimmy Olsen is uh, getting being the subject of this book. I don't really talk about how much Superman's getting, but you know. But then again, like Superman's just like you know, he doesn't need money. Superman doesn't need money. He's beyond money. At any point in time, all he needs to do is like buy a bag of charcoal, turn them all into diamonds, and then sell them, and then make them make a bazillion dollars. Because not only are they diamonds, but they are Superman created diamonds. What you know, which makes them automatically worth more, even more. So now the end. The end. And so we have a uh, a cartoon. Lionel. And Lionel, he's a lion tamer. So he says, so Lionel's like, hey, can I take you, can I take you home? I guess she's a friend of his. I guess so. And then a girl, uh, she's like, uh, I'd be delighted. But there have been a lot of holdups in my neighborhood and I'm scared. So uh, they take, uh, so So Lionel takes the lion with him. Puts him on a leash. And in the lot, in the, it's interesting, like there's a little uh, sign and the first panel, apropos of nothing, just says Giant Superman Annual, now on sale. Woohoo! So then we have, this has been a, a common thing that happens. It is the, what's going on with the other Superman. This is a bit of cross marketing. And Woo-hoo. so we see in October, there's Superman, Superman comics featuring Son of Bizarro. So. Oh. I guess it is a baby Bizarro. Baby Bizarro. And then the next one is on uh, Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. We have Su- Lois Lane's super daughter. An amazing story of what happens when Superman marries Lois Lane and they adopt Linda, Supergirl Lee, in the Midvale Orphanage to be their foster daughter. You okay. Know, not really anything that ever really happened, but I don't and know. That makes more sense than a lot of the other stories that I've seen. So. And then they have Superboy comics. Superboy meets William Tell, mysterious, the Rainbow Raider, mirthful, and the super genie of Smallville. Oh, I'm sorry, Super Engine oh, no. of Smallville. No. And Engine is spelt in the um, no. the way that you don't want it to be spelt. Bad. Um, but it is on sale. So that's what else is going on in the Supermaniverse. William Tell, that sounds... Isn't that the one with the overture? What's the overture sound like? It was used popular with the theme for the Lone Ranger. That's what everybody... Well, at one time, that's what everybody knew it as. The Lone Ranger theme. So, you know, all this stuff is going on. This is what's going on with Superman. Although, you know... 
Superboy meets William Tell. Do you know the story of William Tell at all? See the guy with the apple on the head and the Well, he has to shoot the, bo- the... He is forced to shoot the apple off of his son's head. <sighs> That's but, intense. But, spoiler alert, he does it. Yay! <laughs> he doesn't... He doesn't... He doesn't kill his son. Right, he doesn't shoot his boy in the face with an arrow. Actually, I think it is a crossbow. Either way. It's, and just, like, of all the people to meet, like, it is, like, a total, like, William Tell is just, like, a super random one to see. All right, so. Yay, cabin! Next one, we have two ads. We have Frontier Cabin, and it's the, Same. for a dollar, five for four dollars. Uh, Frontier Cabin. Fake log cabin. Right. And now also with a girl's playhouse. Give me the log cabin. And then we have. High-powered binoculars. I love these things. There's no way these can be that high-powered. Well, They're made up of cardboard. It says... No, no, no. These aren't the cardboard ones. Have, you, you must have seen these at some point. They still oh, those sell are them. the plastic ones? They close up to something that looks... Although you have no idea what it looks like. It kind of looks like a cigarette case. I know what a cigarette case so looks like. So it closes up and it's kind of, it looks like it's about the size and shape of a cigarette case. One of the but, doctors has a cigarette case. But it opens and it's binoculars. Yes, and it says that you can see up to eight to 18 miles. That's but false. I think you have to be like on a mountain and it being a clear day. Yeah. And you have to also be Superman and have... <laughs> Super telescopic vision. But it's only 50 cents. Love these things. Still sell them. You can still find them. I used to have, I, you know, periodically I've had a few in my life. All right. So then that brings us to our next story. Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. One day, cub reporter Jimmy Olsen, in running down a news tip, becomes catapulted behind the scenes of Metropolis. Biggest hotel, moreover, to get his story, the red-headed news hawk finds himself compelled to play many roles including that of a barber, bootblack, bellhop. But little does Superman's young pal suspect as he plunges recklessly into each new impersonation that he is donning the disguises of danger. Yay, they actually admit that he's reckless. So uh, then we have Superman, and Superman sees a... Like, there's an old lady, not a lady, but like a fancy lady who has three dogs... And behind him is a bellhop, and Superman has, ide- I guess, identified this bellhop who does not have signature red hair, but rather brownish hair. And Superman's saying, Jimmy, what on earth are you doing here disguised as a bellhop? And Jimmy's saying, shh, Superman, don't give me away. I'm after the biggest story of my career, right here at the Metropolis Hotel. So, story starts that the desk clerk or manager of the Metropolis Hotel, which I guess is the frou-frouiest hotel in all of Metropolis, gives Jimmy a tip because, you know, like any good reporter, he has his forces out there. They see something, they say something. So he basically says, hey, there's this notorious gangster here, along with like all of all the of, other notorious gangsters. It's like they're having crook con. So you should probably check that out and not tell the police and the professional crime fighters. Right. Well, you know. Are we even sure they exist? What, the police? Yes. At least guys dressed as police officers, we see, over and over and over again. But but they just stand there. You know, so Jimmy, Jimmy's like, all right, I will go. Now, as I, as you all know, or you probably, maybe you don't know, if you're new to the, to the podcast, Jimmy has many talents. One of the talents that he has is he is a master of disguise. One of the first stories in the first issue was the boy of 
a hundred faces. I think that was the first story. Yeah, it was. It was uh, no, I think it was like the future story in the first issue, so it's technically yeah. the third story, but that's really dull and we're not going to talk about it anymore. But he wears a lot of disguises. And so he first, he just, he decides, all right, I am going to disguise myself as a window washer and I'm going to wash the windows outside of the crook's lair. And so. Because that's not obvious and endangering. So they're playing cards because criminals are always playing cards. And there's a guy who says, I have this 50 cent piece. And this 50 cent piece will be incredibly valuable to you. I'll tell you what it is later after the game. And he's like, don't talk about it now. Talk about it later. So he's like, okay, I'll put it in my pocket. But what Jimmy Olsen sees from a distance as the window washer is that the guy has un- has mistakenly put the 50 cent piece in a pot and is the guy who is the crook uh, leader, Flush Sawyer. That's his name. Okay. Flush Sawyer. They've abandoned yeah, they the whole alliteration. Yeah, they, they've run out of alliterations. I think maybe uh, at this point, uh, Stan Lee is starting to... Take over the alliteration. He's starting to hoard all the... He's copyrighted the alliteration. Right. No, he's, he's, he's starting to hoard all the alliterations for his characters, you know, which will be... Which won't be for a few years yet, but right now he's just developing his pool... He's stockpiling. Of, his pool of uh, alliterative names. So, we have... So, basically, Jimmy's like, all right, I gotta get that coin, because... He says it's very important. If she I get it, it's microfilm or fish or whatever. Right, microfilm. Not microfilm. Fish. I don't know what the difference is. Fish. Fish. Film is microfilm is just basically like a thin strip. Yeah. And microfiche are like like cards, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. I don't know, but either way, uh, you can. They both don't get used very much anymore. Right. They've all been replaced by digital stuff. All right. So. He decides, all right, so the first thing I'm going to do is I am going to be, I'm going to disguise myself as a bellhouse, bellhop. So here I go, being a bellhop, and I'm... He takes up their room service orders. And he's going to be, he's He's, going to like, he's like, all right, well, I'll just go, and then... uh, He waits around for a tip. Right. So the first, so the guy gives him $5, and he's like, no, 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 I don't want five, you just give me 50 cents. And then he's like, okay, you're crazy. Take the $5 and leave. Take the $5 and leave or else, I don't know, we're gangsters. I'll shoot you. (laughs) Um, So he's like, oh, man, now I have this $5. (laughs) So (laughs) then he goes downstairs. Okay, Jimmy. I mean, you may not have the 50 cents, but you do have money. (laughs) Then he goes downstairs and there at the taxi stand is, of course, Lucy Lane, his girlfriend. And she... His kind of girlfriend that he wishes would actually pay attention to him. She, ironically... Tips him 50 cents. Ironically? Not ironically. No. Anyway, so gives him... Coincidentally. Gives him, gives him uh, 50 cents. And she's like, don't! Now I get the 50 cents! Don't! Don't! So then he's like, all right, next thing. Okay, so this is not going to work. I can't keep trying to be the bellhop, I guess. So I'm going to shoe shine. So now I'm going to be a... A boot black. They call it a boot black, which is just another word for person who does, who shines shoes. Yeah, I know. And, you know, they don't want to call him shoe shine boy. Thank God, really. (laughs) Because certainly that does have certain overtones that nobody, that they didn't, wouldn't occur to them at the time, but luckily here in the, we wouldn't want that. Anyway, so Jimmy then goes and is like, all right, I'm going to be boot blacking and and so he asks for a tip, and he only gets a dime. Because he does a crap job. So... Or, no, no, it's just because the guy's cheap. And okay. so 
he's like, all right, I can't just keep blacking boots. So I got to go. So he goes to the next thing. He's like, okay, my plan is now. To be a barber. To be a barber. Sure. And then he goes in. Oh, right. Because the um, gangster guy was like, all right, well, I need to go to the barber shop. I guess he calls and makes an appointment. So Jimmy's like, I got to be a barber. So he goes in. barber shop. No. But there's just this kid running around disguised as a barber. I think he, you know, basically says, hey, you know me. I'm Jimmy Olsen, Superman's pal. I'm undercover. Can you let me be a barber? And they're like, I guess, but... Just don't kill anyone. But in there comes... Clark Kent. Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper. And he recognizes that it's Jimmy. And it's like, Jimmy, what are you doing? Right. And so he's like, I can't tell you. Just shh. Secret. Shh. Be a secret. And And Clark's like, he's drowning me. He's a terrible, terrible barber. And so Flush comes in. And he is then a terrible, terrible barber to Flush. And unfortunately, or fortunately, he doesn't tip him. He's like, and the kid's like, you know, Jimmy Olsen says, how about, have you forgotten a tip? And he's like, get out of here. And then he pulls out a gun, shoots him in the face, and he dies. Nope. All right. So then. Jimmy's a waiter. Oh, but while he's being a barber, gangster person finally catches on. It's like, haven't I seen you before? And he's like, no, 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 no. You've probably seen my relatives. See, my cousin is a bellhop and my brother is a boot black. Right. Yeah. So now he then becomes a waiter. And so he that so the guy bets him uh, flips in the air his coin, the coin that he's looking for. And he flips heads and its tails and he loses the 50 cent piece. And he's like, so then he becomes a doorman. And uh, once again, He's like, I'll call you a car, which would mean that he would give him a tip. But he's like, nope, I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk. So then he decides, I am going to dress as a blind person. A blind beggar person. Wearing a sign that says, please help me. I am blind. And he has the cup and the glasses and the hat. And finally. He gets the 50 cent piece and then he checks. And a police officer just happens to be walking by and it's like... Hey, you're not a real blind, um... A real blind guy? A blind... You're scamming people! And so then he goes back to the st- to the station. And explains his situation. Right. And why they don't just know that it is Jimmy Olsen. Because his hair's not. Yeah, I guess that's true. So... So they take the 50 cent piece as evidence, and then Jimmy Olsen calls. But he tried to call earlier, and it didn't work. But then he does try... And then Superman comes and he's like, why didn't you come earlier? And Superman's like, you called me earlier? And then they figure out that the coin was actually a kind of metal that blocked the supersonic signal. So they were going to try to get Jimmy and then keep him for, and then hold him hostage um, and keep him from signaling Superman about anything bad happening. And then they solved the crime. Woohoo! And then terrible puns. Right. The end. The end. <laughs> Was that an okay summary? I think that is. That's exactly <laughs> it. That was that was bang on exactly. So then we have uh, Jimmy Olsen's pen pals where everybody writes in and tries to stump the editors with the things that they have prob- that they have problems with. I do like the fact that these kids are like, you screwed up. And the editor right. is like, says you. Right. That is like the most three-year-old response and that he- one can come up with. Here's one that says, uh, why don't you have a story where Perry Wright reads Jules Verne's book, A Journey to the Center of the Earth, and wants to find out if this can be done? He sends Jimmy, Lois Lane, and Clark to find out. And 
They, they, they like wait for it. No, no, no. Because at this time, uh, not too long ago, I think uh, uh, there was a movie. A movie came out. That explains. Starring Pat Boone. That's why someone had the idea. Right. And they were just like, no. <laughs> Basically. Long story short, uh, no. Dummy. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's all these, all these other ones. I, I, this one I actually, I post all over the place. Like, I post in all the, the social media stuff because I think it's, I think it's interesting and I think it's stuff that people want to read. Uh-huh. Or they just don't. But I think it, it's always very interesting to see. And also to see, cause I know that like everybody when they read this, they always just go, why? Like, <laughs> what? Like, why do they think that this is something that like people would believe? And the, the, this proves that they don't believe it. Like they see the same problems we all see. And are just like, well, that's that. Right. Well, they, they are. And also that, you know, the internet does not have the lock on of people trying to correct people that, you know, before people had to write letters to correct correct it and yep. not just you know send a tweet yep. with a proper hashtag all right so then we now have uh palisades park amusement park worth with... 70 cents right it's gone up again uh you know you get your free attractions the mile long turnpike ride which isn't actually a ride at all but rather the amount of traffic that you have to wait in to get to palisades park serious no that's not true <laughs> but i have ridden on the new Jer- new jersey turnpike many times and uh, there is a lot of traffic. Okay. So now we have, so you get the free rides, the Caterpillar, the ever, like, I think it's always the Caterpillar. It, it is always. And then also the Cuddle Up. Which I'm pretty sure is still like the weird tunnel of love thing. Right, that they don't really have anymore. No. So then we have free Ghana stamps. Oh, right. What year is this? 1960. Yeah. This was part of, this is around the time when, I think in 1960, like, there were a huge amount of, of African countries that were declaring its independence. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why they've got the Ghana stamps. Right. And then they sent all their emissaries to the United States and they were, you know, made to sit at the back of the bus and, uh, Just generally enraged. Right. Uh, so, which brings us to our last story. Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. If there is only one Superman... How is it that Jimmy Olsen one day meets a hundred Superman? Where could so many Men of Steel come from? Or are they an incredible illusion for the exciting secret of the Superman Emergency Squad? Read The Mystery of the Tiny Superman. So the first panel, we see Jimmy Olsen. He is at a typewriter and all around him are six and eight is 14. So 14 Supermen. And they're all little, super little Supermen swarming around the uh, typewriter. And one of them says, this is a job for the Superman Emergency Squad. Relax, Olsen. We'll type this up for you. And Jimmy Olsen says, holy cow, when I needed some super speed typing done, I used my signal match to call Superman, but I see a swarm of Supermen, all tiny. So what I'm hearing is, Jimmy Olsen has Superman do his job for him. Right. Yes. He said he needs super typing. So I guess maybe... Does he have a deadline that's impossible to meet? I think that 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 comes up later in the story. So the first thing they do is... Jimmy Olsen's trying to get Superman to do his job for him. Jimmy Olsen takes the flying newsroom and he goes to visit his fan club. And so... I am still just confused as to why anyone would think that Jimmy Olsen needs a fan club. Oh, he totally... I totally understand why he has a fan club. In the 1950s, when you were like a kid... You wanted to, you looked up to other kids 
And, you know, the guy, the kid who was the best friend of Superman, and you knew him because he was a, he was a, he was just a kid. I know, but if I want to look up to another, like, kid or, like, not yet adult, I'm going to look up to someone who is an actual competent human being. Well, but it's also a thing where, hey, maybe someday I'll be Superman's pal. Because they're always like, you know, they're like, hey, someday maybe I'll be Superman's pal. So uh, he goes to visit him and he sh- he brings one of his souvenirs. And the souvenir he brings is a belt. Lex Luthor invisibility belt, which we actually... We don't know what happens when you use the Lex Luthor invisibility belt, too. Um, I don't know if everybody knows, but earlier... Was in the earlier episode? Yes, there was a much earlier episode. One of the early, maybe within the first ten. A criminal broke into Jimmy, held him at gunpoint, and he gave him a... He wound up taking this invisibility belt and... To try to escape the To try to escape the police. But what you found out is if uh, when you have the invisibility belt, it makes you invisible, but it also makes you blind. Because this is the only time actual science has ever applied to Jimmy Olsen. Very true. So he decides that he's going to turn on the invisible belt and to take a picture. And they're like, you idiot. Why would we take... How? What? 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 Why? You're invisible. We're taking a photo. We're more. Don't you see where this box has a soggy bottom? <laughs> Help, you know, let's try this again. So he's like, all right, well, I'll come back. With another souvenir tomorrow. Right. But then his flying newsroom starts malfunctioning. This flying newsroom has some problems. And, you know. You know who would fix it? I think I know exactly who would fix it. Jumbo Jones would make sure the flying newsroom had proper maintenance. But no, they had to fire him. Because stupid, now, impulsive Jimmy. <laughs> He had to go out and get his own pilot's license. I, you know, now we don't know where Jimbo Jumbo Jones is. He could be somewhere. He could just be flying the newsroom when Jimmy isn't flying the newsroom. But either way, I think we can all agree he was way more competent at it. Yes. So Jimmy Olsen's in trouble. Calls Superman, but instead of Superman showing up, five hundred tiny Supermen show up. A bunch of I don't know. Is it five hundred? Less than five hundred. But a huge I'm just making up numbers. But a huge. Swarm. I did that yesterday when I didn't know how many bobby pins I had to use. Yeah. Sorry, that's, that's just okay. a random thing. But no, like, um, if it's any more than, like, ten, I'll just start making up numbers. That's fine. Uh, so, Superman, they all show up, and they say, we're going to rescue you, but you can't tell us, you know, the You can't oh, tell anyone we... that they were tiny, 500 tiny Superman. Right. And Jimmy's like, uh... That's no, weird. No, I'm telling people. Right. He's like, uh, you know, I'm, I know, I understand what you're saying, but I, I'm going to tell people because... <laughs> because I have poor impulse control. And also... This is weird. And also, for me. I don't know, I'm a newsman, and if all of a sudden there were 500 tiny Superman flying around, I don't know, I you know... I think that constitutes I, news. I think that constitutes this news. But Perry White's like, are you, are you okay, Jimmy? Have you been drinking? Right. Have you been drinking? And there should be a thing where Jimmy reaches into his desk and pulls out a, a like a bottle with three X's on it and throws it away like he's in a cartoon. Except this is the 1950s. Right, and he's not old enough to drink. now, and this is a children's comic. So he's then looking at his souvenirs and trying to figure out which one should he bring to his fan club and he decides i am going to bring the ray gun well he he's let's see uh i'll tell fans about those unusual spectacles superman once made for a giant uh he brings the 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 gog giant glasses right and because i forget that spectacles actually means glasses and so perry white 
freaks out and tells him that he's got to type up a feature in one minute so he can get it to the printer. And uh, uh, Jimmy's like, oh, no. Oh, no. I'll, the only person who can help me is Superman. Okay, so this is somewhat justified. Right, but not really. Not like, really. you know, I, I'm poor. You know, basically he's like, I can't plan properly, so I need Superman's help. So he summons Superman and Superman and the tiny Superman come and they write it out for him. And then Jimmy's about to shout and they pick a paper out of the trash bin and shove it in his mouth. Right. And that can't be sanitary. And then he chokes to death and they, no, that's not Also no. Um, so, and just about, just when he's about to tell, show everybody the, uh, the, that there are all these tiny Superman. They fly out the window. They fly out the window. So he's back with the fan club, and he shows them the giant spectacles. Right. And... These spectacles from another world were worn by somebody as big as an insect. Or, I mean, by a giant whose people flew in swarms, and, uh... So basically, he's just thinking about the tiny Superman and what the hell is happening. Right. So then, the next day, he then brings in another souvenir, which is this ray gun from another world. And then they're like, no, you can't do that. And they take it from him and they tie it up to a chair. Right. And so because, you know, they're all basically really tiny supermen, uh, there's nothing he can do. Yep. And they just take the the ray gun from him and they're just like, look, we have to take this from you. We can't tell you why, but we have to. And then what you find out they is... They take it to Linda Lee. Right. Who's doing her ironing at the orphanage in her Supergirl costume in plain sight. Right. Well, no, not in plain sight. The window's open. Well, that's because the, the the tiny super the emergency Superman squad has flown in and they've opened the curtains. Okay. So he she is yeah she's ironing her orphan outfit, and what you find out is that the Superman squad. I knew this. I I, I you know I could have seen it a mile away, but and, and I'm sure that many people many people read this and was like, oh yeah, I know exactly what this is. So um, in case anybody doesn't know. I don't know. There was a Kryptonian city. The Kryptonian city of Kandor, which was made small, which was miniaturized and put into a bottle by Brainiac. Yep. And this was actually done before, I believe it was done before Krypton blew up. Yep. And Superman got the bottle and put it in his Fortress of Solitude. Yep. Now, all these guys are Kryptonian. So... So they, they all have the, the same Earth's superpowers. They fly around. Right. You know, if they go to the Yellow Sun, they have all the same powers as Superman, but they're really, really little. And so, uh, I believe uh, Superman is out somewhere. And they just decide, and Superman was like, hey, can you guys protect Earth for me? And, and you guys like, need to be, and the, he was like, you guys need to be... Um, in Superman costume. Right, you need to be in Superman costume. So we're going to make, the. they recruited a bunch of uh, the emergency Superman squadron, which was a bunch of crypt, a bunch of Kryptonians dressed Kandor. as Superman from Kandor. And so there was a problem, and... And so Superman had to leave, and so he sent the emergency ones in his place, and then, I don't know, after that... So they, they wanted to know what kind of... Uh, so Superman, I guess, Superman had this problem about trying to identify what dinosaur... There was a footprint of, and so he had to go to the, he had to go to Kandor to talk to some people. So they sent out all these guys to fill in. Fill in. And the reason why they needed the ray gun was because Linda Lee, Supergirl, accidentally left her fingerprints on it. Left her fingerprints on the ray gun. When did she have a ray gun? I don't know. It was in a previous story. I don't know why. So they left Telltale fingerprints. Although, you know, it wouldn't really... like. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Because, 
you know, they'd be like, oh, here are these fingerprints. I've tra- I've tested them. Uh, they don't match anything anywhere because Supergirl's not in the system. Yep. But that's uh, that's not the, the 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 thing. But doesn't matter. So they um they they take the ray gun. They eliminate the fingerprint. And in the trophy case, they see that also Jimmy's got some green kryptonite. But, but it's not real kryptonite. Right. Supergirl's it's like it's a it's a it's a replica. And they're like, what? It was fake kryptonite? Ugh. Um. So like, oh. So basically, they were telling Supergirl that she had made a mistake. With the fingerprints, but they were going to wreck the green kryptonite. And she's like, that's fake. And he's like, oh, well, we made a mistake. So then they're like, okay, well, we need to free Jimmy. So they light up a bunch of cigar ends, which creates smoke enough for them to get Superman back and enough to let Jimmy go. And, and for no one to see anything. Right. And then Superman comes back with the answer for the dinosaur, and then all is well again. And Jimmy's like, so were there 500 Superman? Right. It's like, I, I gotta lay off those mushrooms, man. <laughs> I gotta stop having these spirit quests. All right. So then, that is the last story, which brings us to the home stretch. There we have Stephen's credit sales. Sell these popular patriotic and religious mottos. Right. And Still then only religious. We have because it's the same ones over and over yeah, again. I know. For years now. For like six years. Alright. So now uh, there is a, a, a thing that says, How are your shopping manners? So the, there's a kid who's with his mom, and his mom said and the kid's like, Hey, 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 mom, 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 I could use the soda. And then the, the mom is like, um, you don't really deserve a soda. Like you were in the supermarket and you made everybody crazy. And then you went to the drugstore and, and you, messed you up the threw magazines. up all the magazines. Then you went on the escalator. Then you ran down on the up escalator. And then they got to the uh, soda shop and there were all these kids hanging out at the... Uh, at the counter, not ordering, not eating, not drinking. Right. And the guy's like, oh man, man, those guys are through with their sodas and they're just loafing around. They, I do like the word loafing. We don't really bring it... Like it's not, it's not a word that people use anymore. I like loafing and gold bricking. Those are two words that you mean, you know... Gold bricking? Gold bricking. Meaning, like, you're lazy and you're not doing anything. I mean, okay. More words that I wish would come back. So, the and so the mom is like, Huh, maybe now you'll realize what I'm talking about. They have bad shopping manners, too. And then the kid looks like... And hmm. the kid looks and he's like, Question mark, exclamation point, question mark? Published as a public service announcement in cooperation with the National Social Welfare Assembly Coordinating Organization for the National Health, Welfare, and Recreational Agencies of the U.S. Okay. And then we have the last page, last two pages. Charles Atlas. Charles Atlas, uh, who, you know, wants to tell, ask you what kind of body you want. Zoom in, zoom in, zoom, 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 zoom. What kind of body do you want? Do you want more weight? Solid. In the right places? Broader chest and shoulders? More powerful arms and grip? Slimmer waist and hips? More powerful leg muscles? Better sleep and more energy? All the things you can do with Charles Atlas. This does not have the famous um, cartoon with, hey, skinny, I can see your ribs. Which is still, I think, is a stupid insult. You're not kidding. All right, so uh, then we have... uh, Extra, hey, you want to learn extra money? Sell these greeting cards. Woohoo! And you can get bikes, but they don't tell you what. This is the Midwest Card Company, but this does not have the uh, the, the host of things that you can get. They just, just have, you know, just money. 
All right. I mean, money is cool too. You can actually buy stuff with money. It's true. And then you get it for extra for a dollar twenty-five. You get a U.S. map desk set free. That is well. It's, it looks to be like a pen stuck in a um, in a map of the United States. I mean, okay. And then that brings us to the end, and that is it. That is issue forty-eight of Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. I would like to thank you all for tuning in. Let's see. Once again, thank you for the Spin Doctors for not suing us. Yep. Um, would like to thank my brother Mike once again for uh, joining us last week. Thank you, Uncle Michael. Uh, anything else? Support your local roller derby. Okay. So until then, this is Gary Rowland. This is Elephant Rowland. And we say Superman away. Away.